Hey, Tom, before we get my throat is parched before we record this podcast, could I possibly get a T, uh, Earl Grey decaf? Why are you talking so weird? Why are you, uh, why, why are you talking? Engage! Well, man, that was strange. But it was kind of funny. It make, kind of makes me laugh like this, Frank. Ha ha! Ha ha! Fucking suck. <laughs> I didn't vote for this. I, I gave you, I fed you the Tim Allen noise, Justin. <laughs> okay, we're all agreed it's good. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> yeah, we all agreed that that was good. <laughs> so this week we are uh, discussing. We saw the first episode. Oh baby, of season one of uh, episode one, season one. Episode one, season one of Star Trek Picard. Jean Luc's back, baby. We've got a lot to discuss, Mm-mm. my friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, episode one, season one, titled "Remembrance," mm-hmm. um, which is very, very appropriate to what this particular uh, episode was doing. How um, weird was it that it's like, whoa, future stuff, uh, and then the very first beat of the show. Is the classic uh, a classic song from the yes. 1950s? How disorienting was that? Uh, Blue skies, yeah. yes. Uh, I and I just, it. I real quick want to say who wrote and directed this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teleplay was written by Akiva Goldsman. That piece of shit. Okay, <laughs> this is pretty good. Uh, and James Duff with a story by Akiva Goldsman, Michael Chabon, the showrunner, Alex Kurtzman, and James Duff, uh, and directed by Hanel Culpepper. Um, which probably one of the few female directors for a Star Trek show. I mean, I would guess. I have no idea with with how action packed this episode was. Her last name should be Hot Pepper, because this was a You're spicy fired. meatball, folks. Uh, yeah. So the episode uh, opens with the song "Blue Skies," mm-hmm. and it opens on the Enterprise. Is this the D or the E, Tom? Uh, this is this is the old D. This is the good, okay. good old D. It opens on the Enter- the Enterprise D, <laughs> and uh, Jean Luc Picard and Data are playing cards. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, it, a very uh, beautiful. Uh, wonder, a wonderful shot to start on, because it brings you uh, all the like fan servicey joy uh, that you could want, but with an added layer of like, yeah, this is fuck, this feels weird and and cool having this like actual popular musical thing uh, going on. Um, but then, but then uh, it takes a, a a very strange turn. And there's Mars, and it explodes. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. So the the two of them are playing cards, and Picard keeps extending the game, even though he knows that Data is winning. Uh, because, in his own words, uh, I don't want the game to end. That was very sweet. And he he realizes that um, uh, something's wrong with the 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 time and the place. Uh, of what's happening. He's like, oh, why? Why are we by Mars? What's going on here? Uh, we never visited the Mars, I think, on the Enterprise D was uh, his reasoning. Uh, and then Mars explodes. What? Mm-hmm. And it's just a dream. It's just a dream. And we wake up and we're on Chateau Picard 
And then there's 17 establishing shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't bother me. Hot pepper. Uh, <laughs> we, we find the car living his life with his, uh, with his Romulan friends, one mm-hmm. of whom is Irish for some reason. Uh, Justin, you seem to have an, a pretty good idea about these yeah, Romulan so, folk. So, so there's some backstory given on in the um, the prequel comics, uh, um, even some for co- uh, characters coming up in the series. But these two are Romulan. Uh, what were the spies called? The good guy spy Romulans. Is that the Maquis? No, the Maquis were different. Yeah. Anyway, they're they're they were good guy uh, Romulans who. Who helped uh, Picard uh, back in his evacuation days? Who apparently, I guess, stayed on with him uh, as his uh, his caretakers. And we have a very kind of sad Picard who basically says, "The hardest part of my day is waking up." Oh. Yeah, that's a tough one. And that's a hard thing to hear if you're the person <laughs> he's saying that to. Well, fuck you, then. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, buddy. Like, I'm your housekeeper, man. Yeah. Stop telling me that shit. Like, I brought, I bring you your shit. <laughs> I, I make your bed. Come on, dude. You know who should be most offended? The first person Jean-Luc saw in the morning. Because we got to meet oh, yeah. number one. Number one. The, the cutest boy in all of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. The bestest boy. Puppy doggy. I just I like that laugh in the back. Yeah, that, that was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so number one's uh, real name, the the real dog's name is De Niro. Oh, and he, which is a weird name for a dog. And uh, he's played. And you also see at one point this dog's giant balls. Well, that's because he's played by uh, Robert De Niro in a motion capture capture suit. <laughs> His CGI uh, yeah. bright blue eyes really freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> that's a right Irishman thing. Irishman, right? Uh, but yeah, he uh, he greets his dog, and we see the Chateau Picard winery, which looks. I mean, I'm sure they used a different winery than the one they used in the original show, uh, and it's obviously supposed to be France, which, uh, but it looks like California. But but um, I. That just reminded me. I loved we finally got, and it almost kind of like uh, Rogue One did to the original Star Wars. This kind of, in a way, in my mind, um, fixed something that he's he's talking French. He's yeah. speaking French. I think for he's the, speaking French. He uh, he does it very very occasionally. Yeah, on the original. I show. think this is the second time he's spoken French on camera. Yeah, and, and <laughs> as Jean Luc yeah. and and kind of to me, it kind of. Uh, um, like did something in my brain where it's like okay yeah okay yeah he doesn't speak french to everyone but when he's you know by himself okay he does and that kind and of it's good to see that that kind of does a thing for me too because like i always had this weird kind of like mind fuck thing where it's like uh so all the aliens talk to each other and everybody understands each other completely fine so I thought maybe there was like, and I seem to recall something in uh, Star Trek Enterprise about like a universal translator thing that they all get when they like join Starfleet and you, like they just do it at the beginning and then forget about it. Uh, so I always kind of thought, like, I always wondered to myself, is Jean-Luc on the bridge speaking French, but everybody hears English, just like Worf hears Klingon and et cetera. There was a, a episode that addressed that he is speaking English. 
because in that future, French is a dead language. Oh. There's like a season one episode where Data is like, Captain, why would they speak French? Uh, that language has been lost for centuries <laughs> since English became the dominant language of uh, uh, United States diplomacy. Don't tell the or, French or world diplomacy, rather. Now, I think I think in the next scene they also hit upon uh, that. The next scene, um, I, I believe, we cut directly to uh, a young girl and her boyfriend mm-hmm. um, having a very short uh, uh, relationship building scene. I found it very uh, very cute. It was good. Um, and, yes, and some incredible. There is a lot of great. TV CG, um, in yeah, throughout this yeah. episode, and a lot of subtle ones. Uh, her her boyfriend is some sort of alien creature, and his eyes uh blink like sideways, and it looks fucking like great. a lizard's. And he is immediately fridged by some. <laughs> he gets, but, he, he's immediately murdered, which is very funny by by some random uh, guys uh, attempting to kidnap her, and. I believe in this scene, one of them uh, is speaking in some other language, and the other one says, uh, speak English. Huh. Yes. Oh, I yeah. that bit. Yes. That's a nice little they, they, He immediately uh, um, chastises the guy and says, speak English, and it's so that you don't know where they're actually from, which is something we find out at the end of the episode. Well, maybe you guys found out at the end, me being fluent in Romulan. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they uh, we find out that they're Romulans yes but they are, are saying some uh, very cryptic things about has she been activated been activated Acti- activated like, like yeah yeast. Mm-hmm. and and um she um out of nowhere doesn't know what's going on suddenly is able to fight them off and kill these motherfuckers but how she's just a regular person from Seattle I think they might have said Seattle, yes. Um, and this was uh, future Boston. Yes. Uh, is what we opened. All, all, all raven haired women from Seattle have innate uh, martial arts skills <laughs> that get activated. Fighting abilities, yeah. Um, I, uh, go ahead. No, keep going. I, I, it's in this scene and like throughout the episode, we rarely spend any time on Earth in. At least next generation. I'm not sure about the other series. No, I feel like there's hardly any Earth in any of the series. Yeah, and I I think very it's, little. It's really. It's not called Earth Trek. <laughs> um, I think it's really like beautiful and and uh, some cool, sleek Star Trekky future design, but recognizably Earth, especially like the clothing. Um, later on, we'll see like Picard in like a suit, and it's a little yeah, weird with the. That was something I was kind of. I, I wasn't. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I feel like they went the prestige television Battlestar Galactica route, which is. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's Caprica. It's the future, but people have regular telephones, and the guns are regular guns. Mm. Uh, just sort of forget about it. It'll make it a funner show to watch. Because on, like, TNG, you would occasionally see them wearing civvies, and they were some, like, funky-ass Ridiculous. spandex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that was a thing that they looked back on. They were like, no, this is too stupid. Yeah. We, saw- <laughs> we could be a little stupid. This is too stupid. There was this scene in the episode Family where Jean-Luc is walking down the Chateau 
path, and he's wearing some sort of made-up human civilian clothes. And whoever did it didn't think about it too hard because he could just he could just see his dog. <laughs> yeah, he, it, the thing he wears in the beginning of that episode, he looks like an NPC in like a fantasy game. Yeah. Like he's the he's the guy that is like when you ask him questions too many times, he's like, "See you at the festival." Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, "Fuck, I'm God damn it! Now I have to restart." I'm pretty sure he's like in the wagon with you at the beginning of Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he gets murdered by that archer. Yeah. Uh, but no, so this episode then goes to the back to the Picard winery. Well, well, uh, well where... first, first, she, after yeah. this uh, destroying these men, uh, has a vision of uh, Jean-Luc oh, yes. Picard for some reason. And then we're back to the chateau. Yes, where he is preparing to give a televised interview, uh, which is something that it is made clear that he never does. Uh, and uh, his Romulan housekeepers tell him, uh, we made sure to tell her not to ask you uh, about uh, what happened when you were ferrying the refugees. Did you like the scene where uh, Jean-Luc asked her to go off the record and come into his living room? And then he berated her for 10 minutes and then brought out a map of the <laughs> galaxy and said... Point to Romulus. You can't find Romulus on a map. <laughs> that's that's, no, yeah. that's Mike Pompeo to uh, the NPR. Yeah, reporter. that's our uh, Secretary of State. I just I just uh, did Michael a Frank, Pompeo. everybody. I just did a Frank. All right. Let's yeah. Yeah. Back on course. Uh, anyway, yeah. So she uh, starts by giving him very anodyne questions about uh, does he like Miss Starfleet? You know uh, that kind of a thing. And then she asks him about the last thing he ever did for Starfleet uh, on the 10th anniversary of it happening, which is the evacuation of Romulus, uh, since it had gone supernova, and he persuaded Starfleet to help in the evacuation of one of Starfleet's only enemies at that point, which was Romulus, because there was no peace treaty with the Romulan Star Empire. Um, And she said uh, that... You know, it, the tenor of her question is, well, why would you? Why would you bother saving the Romulans? Mm-hmm. They're the Romulans. She, she they fucking suck. It. They're assholes. She qualifies it at uh, one point. And it's a really touching moment yes. where she goes, uh, 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 saving millions of lives. And she went, Romulan lives. Uh, and, and he went, no, lives. He didn't say it like that. He said it better. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> he, he said it like a professional actor. <laughs> Uh, so this is the point in the episode where I got choked up. Yeah. Oh, I yes. Don't know about you guys? Yes, one hundred percent. Because it is Jean Luc Picard being Jean Luc Picardy is. It's a good speech. Yes. Yes. It's this this scene uh, especially. It like made me realize like this is so modernly prestige TV. So much so that the whole thing reminds me hard. Of True Detective season three, <laughs> yeah, it's, and and it's like doing similar things. Uh, plot points are similar. The the uh, the interviewer uh, interviewer, um, uh, him dealing with his past, his mind not being what it once was, um, and I thought that's that's very very interesting. But this yeah. is this is also, um. A very clever way of giving a huge information dump. 
Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah. This was exposition to the maximum. Mm -hmm. But if it's a news interview, that's their job. They have to give exposition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't normally like huge info dumps and like exposition, but if there are times where you have to do it, and this is the first episode of a show, so they kind of have to do it. Yeah. The way to do it well was how they did it for this. And I think it worked really well uh, for at this point in the episode. Um, but so the the whole story uh, is things are going well with the evacuations, but then some synthetics, who we don't know why, bombed the shipyards on Mars, which... Set the planet on fire. Set the planet on fire and did uh, two things. One, uh, they banned synthetic life. Like data. Like data. No no more datas. Um, and the Federation pulled out from the evacuation of the Romulans. So lots of questions. Leaving the there. rest of them to die. Yes. Uh, so, and this is when Jean-Luc Picard uh, breaks from Starfleet, retires. Uh, he is a haunted yeah. man. I left Starfleet because it was no longer Starfleet. <laughs> so, so much early in the episode, uh, they, they give you exactly what you want. And I think it's handled really well uh, up to this. Point. Yes, it's me, Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> that is Sean Connery. Yes. You know it. <laughs> yes, it's me, Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know who that is. Shaken, not stirred. Oh my fucking Christ. <laughs> do I make you horny, baby? <laughs> do I do this Yeah, baby, it's me, Jean-Luc Picard. Do I make you horny, baby? <laughs> I, uh, uh, yeah, it's me, Jean-Luc Picard, as <laughs> Tom's the impression of uh, Daphne on Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is all staying in. This is this is gold. Uh, so okay, yeah. so uh, our 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 little um, activated uh, super soldier, fucking called it. Uh, uh, lady makes her way to France in like twenty minutes because it's the future and well, they've got like time. I, I had my time. issues with that, and then I realized, oh, they have transporters. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have future <laughs> things um, everywhere. She knows to go to France because she sees the interview. Yeah, she sees it. Through a glass window on an electronics shop that has a holographic television, I I I like how they did future TV. Yeah, I thought that I was okay the, with the that. design. The design stuff is really cool. Yeah, uh, in this episode, I thought. And, were, and then the previous scene, the there are like small floating drone cameras, uh, really cool stuff. That the, we the don't, reporter's makeup is done totally yes. with CG. Yeah. It's it's awesome and it's it's an aspect of the Star Wars universe that we rarely get to see and I think they handle it really well in the world building. Star Trek. What did I say? You piece of shit. You said Star Wars. Oh, you. We don't talk about Star Wars anymore. Fucking, there has to be a punishment for that. <laughs> no, there does. don't punish you, me. Do we have a dunce cap? Do we have a dunce cap? I've got my own. <laughs> I, brought, I brought this from home. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so 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 uh, uh, she meets Jean Luc. Now, here's a thing that I thought about uh, during the course of this episode, but it really came to bear when he first meets the girl. And um, I'm not sure how much of this is character development of Jean Luc Picard, and how much of this is the world growing and changing, uh, and and Patrick Stewart aging as a human person. 
um, because uh, 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 early in TNG, Jean-Luc Picard's kind of crotchety. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, I think only the one time. No, no, no. We, we see two old Jean-Luc Picards, but one of them is uh, came in on uh, in inner light and he's not Jean-Luc Picard. But uh, he kind of becomes crotchety in, in both of the predictions. He kind of becomes kind of and I feel like society just expected old men to be crotchety mm-hmm. back then. And maybe maybe Patrick Stewart's input as he grew into a sweet old man uh, or maybe Jean-Luc Picard just naturally grew into a sweet old man. He, he wasn't crotchety at all. He wasn't skeptical of this girl when she showed up. Uh, he was fully accepting, just immediately started trying to comfort her. Now, that might also have to do with the fact that they were somehow empathically connected. Uh, uh, that there was that moment where she goes, uh, do you know who I am? And he goes, no, and, but you're not sure. Uh, you're mm. not sure you don't know who I am. You, you, you know me somehow. But of course, he did know. Yeah. But he didn't know where he knew Yeah. Her. A dream told him. So he sees her in a... So she comes to the house. They have a conversation. He goes to sleep and sees her in a dream uh, being painted by Data. And this was the other moment that got me. Because in this scene, they're wearing, like, early season uniforms. Yeah. Question. Do you think that they were body doubles and CGI? Because have you seen Brett Spiner? (laughs) (laughs) So those uniforms are kind of roomy and they're black. So I think maybe he's he's squeezed in. Uh, But uh, we can talk about this a little bit. Uh, Brett Spiner was correct in his initial assessment as to why he should leave (laughs) playing the character of Data. And it remains correct. Uh... Which is not to say that he is giving a bad performance. He is a wonderful actor. Mm. Uh, but robots probably shouldn't be puffy. <laughs> well, didn't you hear? They should have. They could have just fixed it with a single line of dialogue. And then after he sacrificed yeah. himself, uh, we found the long-lost robot, Thick Data, built by Dr. <laughs> Sue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Porkins Data. Um... Um, so, so, uh, inspired by his dream and, uh, without, uh, telling anyone, <laughs> uh, Jean-Luc yeah. is instantly off from France to Seattle. <laughs> uh, no, uh, San Francisco. Uh, no, it's San, it's Francisco. San Francisco. So Starfleet headquarters is canonically in San Francisco. Speaking of what we were talking about with Brent Spiner, uh, there was an entry on the William Riker Wikipedia page that said a noticeably heavier Jonathan Frakes is to return in Star Trek Picard, according to the new trailer. And I was like, come on, Wikipedia writer. That, that, you so so Brent, Brent Spiner put on some weight over the course of decades. Jonathan Frakes gained weight during the show, so much so... That in the uh, episode, the last episode, All Good Things, there's a flashback where they contact uh, 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 Commander Riker on Farpoint, and they have to use B-roll from the episode, (laughs) because Jonathan Frakes could... Could not shave the beard and not have seven chins, so... He he was a man who was always destined to be pleasantly plump. He he looks like he gives great hugs. He's a big... He's from Alaska, baby. Oh, yeah. So anyway, okay. We've been derailed <laughs> right. for so, so So anyway, uh, he goes to San Francisco. He, go ahead. He goes to San Francisco to Starfleet headquarters to go into the archives. 
and he's taken into the archives by this really cool um, uh, hologram uh, like assistant that I thought. Yeah, this was dope. I've never seen that actor before, but she was cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, th- um, that's enough about her. <laughs> so he, he finds uh, the finished painting that he saw in his dream, which he also has a duplicate of um, in his home. And it is indeed exactly this mystery girl. Can we stop calling her mystery girl and and find out? Uh, Yeah, her name is Dodge. 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 Okay. She's not a girl. She's a woman. She was accepted into the Daystrom Institute in Honolulu, where Leo designed the warp core for the Enterprise E. And I wonder if she's tied up in the basement of Jordi LaForge. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Jesus. Anyway, randomly Dodge shows up and it is revealed to her. And I, it, I found it very touching. Jean-Luc tells her, you are Data's daughter. Mm, yeah. Metaphorically, he, not literally. He doesn't use the word. He did have a, he says a fully functional dick that he used to dick down Tao Shiar. <laughs> He doesn't say, geez, he doesn't say daughter. He says something very oh. touching where, like, you might be somebody who's very dear to me indeed. Or but something along those lines. We didn't mention that the title of the painting was Daughter. Daughter. Yeah. Daughter. Uh, yes, uh, young woman, you are the product of a, a robot <laughs> dicking down another robot. That is not the case. We find out later. <laughs> no, it's not. I just wanted to say dicking down. And we we know, right? All right. All right. Okay. We got So up. let's So, uh random dudes come back. Um dodge uh couldn't dodge the overloaded disruptor rifle. What? Okay, so here's my question about this this thing. This one guy spits Acid, acid. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Do all Romulans have acid spit? Guess so. Is that a thing, Tom? I don't remember it being a thing. I know Vulcans don't, and they're very closely related. I, I, I assume was it? I assumed it was some sort of like capsule, like suicide capsule. Oh thing. yeah, like oh, yeah. cyanide or something. Yeah. Um, but she fucking dies. <laughs> yep. She she explodes and dies, and it's kind of cool. I kind of I kind of um, I didn't know. I wasn't sure if she was dead. I, I mean, I obviously knew the character wasn't done and uh, she hadn't been on there long enough for them to be trying to pull a Ned Stark on her. So like I knew there was going to be more of her, but uh, uh, a little bit later on, we find out there is another one. No, no, wait, no. there is another. <laughs> yeah. Not um, bad. Not bad. But it's at this point. The whole episode, I I thought was really well done, and I thought it was um, a little clunky, but um, uh, but not too bad. And I I thought it was very moving and 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 uh, and handled well. And from this point on, it turns into a bunch of hot nonsense. <laughs> so it gets a little more exposition heavy than i would have yeah. liked yeah i, I wouldn't qu- quite call it hot nonsense but you, he goes to the daystrom institute and interviews dr allison pill whose character name i'm never going to remember no uh and she talks about the ongoing experiment yeah yeah to create new synthetic like so, progeny so, so apparently uh uh 
there were fully organic synthetics in development. Uh, uh, Picard knew because, as he put it, I just had tea with one. Uh, and uh, uh, this researcher reveals that that was indeed something they were working on at the time of the, uh, uh, the what is it, Planitia, whatever, uh, space dock bombing on Mars. And uh, so their research was frozen. And as he remarked, the Institute is now a ghost town. The, they can only do theoretical experimental simulations. They can't actually make anything. Uh, there, they have the drawer with the shadow boxes full of uh, Data's genitals and other bits. Actually, no, it's B4. Um, and and uh, there's lots of exposition about how they make them. And da-da-da-da-da, uh, deus machida! Uh, for some reason, when they make these organic synthetics, which can be made from the single, uh, neuron of the Cybertronic net of brain, uh, they have to make a set of twins. Uh, so much- It like- has to be two, like, Data and Lore. But, but, Data and Lore weren't created at the same no. time. No, 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 no. They well, it's not. true, Lore it's true. For- so, th- okay, so, um, the very first episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, I always bring this up about it. They introduce the character of Data. Now, Star Trek is uh, this wacky sci-fi world that anything can be possible. And so I was fully accepting, okay, here is a, um, a, a robot. And it's not even a robot that like looks exactly human. It's very clearly a robot. Um, and so I was fully willing to accept that. But the show chose, um, and I think rightly... But they made the decision that, no, 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 all of this other wacky shit is common. This fucked up robot guy uh, is completely and utterly unique. And not only that, uh, we found him one day, and then he enrolled in, in college and graduated and then joined Starfleet. <laughs> hey, look at this robot He we went found. to Chuggalog House. <laughs> so, but all of that was uh, uh, big swings and choices for a character reason. There are a lot of big choices that they're making, especially in this scene, about uh, where synthetics have gone uh, in, in between that feel to me purely based on plot, which feels I, not as good. So, so I, I wish... I, uh so the organic synthetic thing uh uh really reminds me of Battlestar Galactica uh yes the more recent yeah. one with the Cylons the human Cylons uh but I kind of wish the show maybe behaved a bit more like Battlestar Galactica in that they could have spaced mm-hmm. this out over a couple more episodes yeah no, I, I my my thought was like how great would it be if the first two episodes were you're getting to know this character of, of the young woman and cliffhanger second episode, we, she's been established. They have a relationship. Then she fucking dies. Or maybe establish a bit more. There was a bit of rushing in the, in the Daystrom Institute scene, but I also feel like there was a yeah. bit of rushing when Picard came to on the couch back at his house. Mm-hmm. And then he, yeah, yeah. he has this really rapid speech where he realizes that his life has been a farce and he needs to go on a space adventure. I feel like that would have been better with different cinematography, but that's just me. But also, if, uh, 
uh, if we had kind of gotten more acquainted with the life he had been leading, kind of kind of seen some of the ways it may have been rather hollow for him to live that life. I mean, I think you get a little bit of it. Yeah, not maybe. Um, yeah. I mean, it works. It works. I mean, this this whole thing yeah. is just is, is is pushing the bobsled, and then everybody jumps in, and it go, goes down the ice tunnel. What? what <laughs> yeah. What kind of doesn't work? It, Especially for me, though. Okay, so he knows that there are two of them, right? Um, Again, Frank. Oh, there is another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he knows that there's, there are two of them. He's literally been with this one girl uh, for like one day, and she seems to be in trouble. He has no reason to believe that the other one is in trouble. I have I have things to refute, but I'll let you keep going. Uh, no, 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 no. Go ahead. Uh, so I think where it's going, and we'll get there at the end of the episode, is that there is a connection that is going to be threaded out over the course of the show that I think will explain some of the rushier bits. Mm -hmm. I could be totally wrong, but I think it. The I will get to it. I'll let you keep going. The one bit of really bad, clumsy writing that I really didn't like happens pretty much at, at the very end. But we'll get to mm. it. So I'll let you finish it. So, well, no. So let's let's get to the end. Unless you have anything else about that. No, no. Let's 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 do let's jump just like the episode jumped to uh, Romulan Reconstitution Center, where they're inside of a suspiciously cube-shaped space. Thing. Well, yes, and Romulan warbirds, yeah, of all things, are where are flying into this thing with these weird long hallways that kind of look familiar, mm. and this one awkward British Romulan. Yeah. I don't know why he's British, he's, but he is. He's really cute and scruffy. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's he's so uh, he seems like such a nice boy, <laughs> nice boy Romulan. He's like a Hugh. He's a Hugh Grant Romulan. Yeah, oh, ter bother, is, oh, terribly sorry, but. Uh, please evacuate the neutral zone or bother. It's an odd choice. I'll disrupt uh, you. <laughs> is talking to the uh, twist twin sister of Dodge She's got some uh, at the days at the Romulan reclamation site. Who's got some and, thirsty eyes. Uh, this is the one bit of writing that I felt was very clumsy and odd. Yes. Is like he just kind of gives his whole backstory in two seconds. He's like, oh, yeah, my fucking family died. And it's really sad for me. Yeah. I'm a sad boy because my family died. Yep, yep. <laughs> that is basically what he does. Is, he, he is could, she some sort of psychiatrist on the ship, at least? I think they, or, or was this some random fucking dude being a weirdo? I think that was the inference. I think it was her. To draw. Okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's just um, a fuckboy and he says this to everybody. I don't know. Yeah. My family died. I really shouldn't be alone right now. <laughs> <laughs> um... But this this whole ending, I didn't know. I just had the I didn't know if it if I was missing something or it was poorly executed and just very confusing or uh on purpose disorienting. But I uh, there's so many hats on so many fucking hats in this episode so far. I'm not I'm not saying anything about the rest of the season, but Okay, so so we've got the the sister and and they're the Romulans. Okay, cool. And then and then the Borg cube. Is it a Borg cube? 
It's definitely it's, at least so, meant to yes, be so it, known it, as there's a, a big, big shot where he pulls out and, you know, it's teasing out what it is. The Romulan reclamation site is a Borg cube. That that um, that pan out gave me some spaceballs vibes. By the way, <laughs> like it, went it was a little spaceballs. Uh, have you watched spaceballs recently? It does not hold up. <laughs> I, I left zero times. Uh, but but so I, what I think is is what they're teasing is, look, the Romulans got fucked over by Starfleet, yes. right? They totally fucking did. They got abandoned, left to die uh, after synthetics for some reason, wiped out uh, their rescue effort. And then this race of people come along, this this collective hive mind, and they're like, hey, Romulans, we don't like Starfleet either. Now, I, I we'll don't... give you this technology. I don't disagree with you, and I... I, I that's where I thought this the show was going to be going. Um, but noticeably, we don't see any Borg. Do we not see any Borg? I don't recall seeing any like any Borg on. on I I think Dodge and her sister are Borg. You think sleeper agents? I don't. I don't know. I mean, like, all right. So obviously, I think you like a new show, new spin. You know, stories that are new and different. But I feel like the whole concept of like forming alliances and having infiltrator Borg is anathema to the whole concept of a Borg, which is just, they're just a wall of force. Yeah. You know what I mean? It could be anathema to the concept of the Borg, but it's not anathema to the concept to the Romulans. That's true. Who use spycraft and shit. That's true. And and I Very don't true. think we mentioned all of this shit, all of the backstory. Jean-Luc Picard left Starfleet um, uh, 15 years ago. So it's been yes. 15 years. I don't know how how long it takes for uh, synthetic robot babies to grow up. <laughs> yes. I'm just going to fuck off into my winery. I don't care anymore. <laughs> oh, so I see what you're saying, Justin. You're saying that this, this Dodge girl lady uh, may have existed the last time we saw Picard and the gang. Could have been. So, I mean, I... <sighs> I mean, how old are you when you apply to the Daystrom Institute? Is that like a grad school kind of thing? Or like you graduate high school and if you get a good grade on the SATs, you can apply to the Daystrom Institute? I, I, I think we, there are still some solid questions about Dodge and her sister. We didn't mention she was on her phone with her mother uh, at one point. Who is clearly like an AI. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. And by the way, that was a weird bit of product placement for Apple. <laughs> anyway, totally took me out of it. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I'm, I'm, I, I guess like final thoughts on the episode. I, yeah. Do we, do we want to do a letter grade by the way? Yeah, uh, sure. Okay. I, I, I think that's a good feature to Institute, but I, my letter grade would be kind of a, a, a an incomplete. Because like that's this is so disorienting. You coward! I give it a C plus. <laughs> With I give it, a, I give it an A minus. I've that's a big difference there. So my my thoughts on the episode are for a a piece of television. Um, 
I think the first half was great. Like legitimately like very good. I I think it was uh I I think the pacing was great. I think it was very intriguing. I think we got a a good amount of earned fan service and they I think in a very elegant way uh gave us this vast backstory that we're immediately up to date on and we know the character of Jean-Luc Picard so well that we we know the toll that it has taken. The second half of the episode was very rushed and um I I don't want to say hand wavy because they they give you a lot of information um in the very uh, a very Star Trek kind of way. Um but I don't think it was very entertaining and I I I wasn't as intrigued um cinematically by it but that being said i'm very intrigued for the rest of the season um i think they it can go in very uh fascinating ways and i like that they 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 had the courage in this this reboot this uh requel <laughs> um to Unlike so many other things like Star Wars, where they they take what you liked about the original and do it again, they're giving you an... In- if it's J.J. Abrams. Yes. In this, they're giving you a completely different world. We are seeing the world of Star Trek, uh, well, for us, like uh, 18 years different and it feels like those 18 years were lived in real time so much has happened and i appreciate the fuck out of this show for having the courage to do that i don't think it was handled all that well but i think it's setting up for a very promising season of television yeah i appreciate that at some point like people were whining a little bit of like We'll start the future that Starfleet embodies is aspirational. Like Starfleet would never compromise their values. And it's like, well, yeah, you know what? Guess what? What if they fucking did? They're a government entity, just like anything else. Are you telling me that they uh, that they're impervious to the things that make uh, people flawed? Of course not. And, uh, you know, a big thing throughout the whole series of TNG Usually, whenever Jean-Luc is interacting with the higher brass, it's because they're wanting to do some fucked up unethical thing Mm -hmm. that is contrary to uh, 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 Federation values, and he's the one who's forcing them to stay the course uh, so often. Yeah. Or, you know, phasering their skulls off because they've been infiltrated by a brain parasite. That episode fucking rules. I love that episode. Conspiracy? (laughs) Oh, man. We we have to to put... We have to post a gif of them phasering that guy until he blows up. <laughs> until his head fucking explodes. It's amazing. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I think... Justin, I think you're you're leaning towards a B-, but I'm not going to police your score. I'll, I'll, um, I'll give you a B- because there is... Um, some of, like, my favorite Jean-Luc Picard shows up here. So I'll give it a B-. And it is just... It is just very moving to see him and Brent Spiner together and be mm. Picard and Data, and I think they nailed the character stuff yes. really, really fucking well. And and I think um, like the action in this episode was great. Good. The CG really good. was great. I saw, yeah, be mine. 
Yeah, and, and but what I, I will say, yes, it does get a little clunky, a little clumsy in the second half in a way that feels very modern TV Yeah, to me. So I feel like I've grown used to stuff like that, uh, which is probably bad. That's um, so I, I hope that they thread the needle a little bit more elegantly in future episodes when it comes to stuff like that. But I was just happy to see a lot of these people back. I was happy to see, you know, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart back. Uh, I'm less interested in this ragtag group of sexy uh, young people that is apparently going to be joining the cast. But you know what? Uh, maybe they'll uh, prove me wrong and make them interesting characters. And we get to see... Uh, Jerry Ryan is seven of nine again, and she looks exactly like she did in 1997, which is uh, unbelievable. Cool. So, I mean, pretty uh, more or less positive all around. Oh, yes. yes. I, I think it's definitely more positive than uh, the negative. And I, I don't think there's anything I disliked about the episode. I just wish it was handled better. Uh, boys, I think next week's episode is the Riker episode, I believe. Ooh. So we've got so much. I could be totally wrong. I think that's a bit of parallel, parallel shadowing of TNG. I don't think Jonathan Frakes appeared until part two of the uh, first episode. Is that true? I'll I don't know. That I could be talking out of my ass anyway. Well, yeah. this was a bundle of fun. It makes me want to laugh. Listen, everybody, if you if you got any comments, concerns, if you want to tell us we're wrong or right, uh, you can follow us at Plaid Lads Pod on Instagram. Um, you can email us uh, plaidladspod at gmail.com. Um, and please uh, rate and review us on iTunes or anything. We're, we're wherever I, um, podcasts are. You can listen to us on Spotify and all of that. Um, and that just, <laughs> Spotify's just such a funny word, it makes me want to laugh. 